0: stretched out his hand to harass some from the church. That word harass, the King James is vex, afflict, bring evil upon. Then Herod killed James, the brother of John with a sword, beheaded him. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, what a politician he was. He proceeded further then to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread or the Passover, close to Easter. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him. What was he afraid of? Intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Somebody was nervous. Here is Peter guarded Locked down, quarantined, chained up with no way out. All because he was a believer in Jesus. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but... I love it everywhere in the Word of God where I see the word but. Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church by the church father we ask your blessings on the word of God this morning as we are all throughout this Miami Valley sitting in houses all the way from the east to the west the north and south not even just our own Miami Valley but all over the world we ask you to bless to touch your people minister the word of god to them that'll bring comfort that'll bring the power of the holy spirit right into their atmosphere right where they are bless them and touch them and lord will never fail to give you the praise and the honor for every word the holy spirit speaks to us as you challenge us to trust you as never before in this very hour in jesus name amen amen god bless you i'm not sure I am sure that not long after you became a Christian, you you'd kind of discovered that the enemy works hard, uh, the enemy. We call the devil, Satan, Lucifer, the enemy, and his angels that are at work in the underworld of this earth. It isn't long after you become a Christian and, and you wipe the tears away and you're celebrating your new life in Christ that you discover that there is an enemy that's out after you. He finds a way to strike, and usually he tries to strike right at the time when it seems like everything is going beautiful, smooth sailing. Suddenly, out of nowhere, pandemonium strikes, kind of like where we find ourselves right now. It seems as if things were going well, and things were moving in a positive light and direction, and then suddenly, out of nowhere, a virus coming out of the Mideast over there, the eastern part of the world, comes to us and and it becomes a pandemic explosion all over the world. It's caused fear and panic and stress and uh, economies are collapsing and people are not working and they're not leaving their homes. It's the scripture that we read that talks about fear that's taken over, men's hearts failing them for fear In the last days, it's simply a confirmation to the scriptures that we read in Ephesians chapter 6. It's an invisible attack. It stops everything. We find in Ephesians chapter 6 kind of a description of what it is that we're fighting. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. This is exactly what's happening in the world today. This is exactly what was happening in the scripture text that we read concerning the church. There was an all-out attack on the church. If you go back and read chapter 11, you see why. There was a great revival happening in Antioch. It was the, the moment when grace had come and knowledge of salvation had come to the Gentiles. And now, beyond the Jews, there was now hope for all mankind all around the world. Isn't that the wonderful message of of revival and the love and the gospel of Jesus? And as it was formulating and exploding into the earth and people were being saved, churches were being birthed and planted all over the area there in Antioch, a, a group of Gentiles had now received that word and now a brand new group of followers of Jesus were first called Christians. And as they came together in revival, what was spreading and the news was going abroad, all the missionaries, all the disciples were hearing of the news. And Paul himself even made his way into Antioch to do the work of the Lord in the kingdom. It was revival. It was amazing. The devil don't like revival, by the way. He doesn't like it when you and I get tuned in to what God is speaking speaking or what God is doing. He doesn't like it when he sees there is is an awakening in the hearts and lives of people. And so the devil there was angry and strikes back when he gets mad. That's nothing new. He's been striking the church all down through history. Here was the first of the disciples the apostles he he seized a moment an opportunity Herod arrested James the brother of John sons of thunder here he beheaded him in this devastated the church as they sat back in the midst of their revival on their sweet comfortable pews and was glorying in the, the the beauty of revival and all that was going on and then suddenly they get news that one of the apostles has been killed They thought there was an automatic kind of deliverance for them. They they hadn't yet come to an understanding that there was anything required of them. They they were just having church. They were just sitting on the pews, glorying God in the hymns and having a great time together. Just having good bake sales and good bazaars and all kinds of conferences. They, They were happy in this newfound, wonderful church that they had discovered and they were building They were now devastated. The automatic deliverance didn't come. Now they've noticed and found that one of the very men, one of the apostles had been left as a martyr. They were stunned. They were shocked. They didn't know what to do. The Jews that were against the followers of Jesus, they were cheering. They were haunting to Herod. They were lifting him up and thanking him for the work that he was doing now. And so Herod, being the politician that he was, wanted to get the votes for the next election. And so he went after another one. And he seized Peter and threw Peter in jail. Imagine the grief of this little church that was experiencing such revival to find out one of the apostles had been killed and now... Peter Peter the one who stood up at Pentecost Peter the one that everyone knew the one of the more famous ones the the more known apostles here Peter was one that was was known for being uh, bold in his faith and preached at the day of Pentecost one of the most powerful messages ever the Peter that was used of God to bring a great revival Now they are not understanding why this this attack was touching their lives. It was the awakening of the spiritual battle that they would have to fight and the church would have to fight until the church age comes to the understanding and the soon return of Jesus. It was an understanding, a wake-up call for the new church. They are now in a battle. They understand that there's a spiritual battle. They didn't know how to, to work this out. They didn't know exactly what to do but they, they began to try to understand the mind of God and as the Lord began to deal with them they found out all too quickly that the enemy that would kill to steal and destroy was after them and after their faith. They were no longer just people from a certain city. They were no longer just a church with a nice good singing and preaching and the bake sale on Sunday. They had moved into a deep brand new place with God and they needed to understand what to do. They did the right thing as they were encouraged. They prayed. They prayed. They found out real quick that they were in the world but not of the world. They found out real quick that they didn't no longer belong to society like they thought they had before. They were understanding persecution. They were fighting prejudice and hate that comes from an enemy that works through the people who hate them. They didn't realize before that they would have to fight so hard. Suddenly, words began to get to them about an armor that they needed to wear, about the enemy that they needed to fight, about an enemy that wants to kill them. Scripture in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8 says, Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Verse 10 But there's that word again, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect establish, strengthen, and settle you to him. Be glory and dominion forever. Amen. They would find out that this walk by faith would require prayer. It would require fastings. It would require the power of God working in their lives to fight an enemy that was after them. This is something that was the wake up call for the church then and it certainly is a thing we need to remember today generations later we are still fighting an enemy who hates God hates the kingdom of God hates every church that's on fire and doing the work of God wants to completely annihilate the world's economy crush its systems so that they will give up in despair and defeat turn their face away from faith and away from God but we know that our God is strong when we are made weak. When we suffer, he is made strong. When we go through persecutions, he is glorified and lifted up. Second Corinthians 12 and 10. Therefore, Paul said, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. We need to understand this morning, that's the key word. I'm strong. You are strong. No matter what you face, no matter what persecution you go through, no matter what affliction when the church suffers, which by the way, can I just add this while we're at it? The church is not this building that I'm standing in. Let me just clue you in on something. It's pretty empty right now. There's not a whole lot going on in here that looks or acts like the church, just a couple of cameras and a few folks standing behind computers and some people spread throughout the place who will help me with some worship but that's about all there is there's no clapping there's no praising there's no amens there's no sound coming from the group where there is just a two or three gathered we know that the word declares he's here in our midst but there's something about the church that's deeper Bigger than this building. It has nothing to do with brick and mortar. It has nothing to do with the crowd that comes in and out of a building. It's about the church alive and well in the trenches, in the fields, in the living room, in the bedroom. Wherever you are right now watching online, you are the church. You are the church. Wherever this camera is. The the church is on the other side of that camera right there pointing right at me. The church is scattered all over the Miami Valley. The church is scattered down in Winchester, in Lexington, Kentucky, in Pryor, Oklahoma. James, you guys are watching us down there. Brenda, you're watching us down in Pryor. We're so thankful for you. You are the church in Tokyo, Japan. Fred, Jackie, y'all are watching We're so thankful for you. You're part of the church and we are together in Sevierville, Tennessee and Florida, Orlando, Florida. Terry and Steve Norville, thank you for being the church as we're watching today we're joined together in the spirit and we are on fire with the power of almighty God when the church suffers let me clue you in on something he attacks like a virus but there is an antidote there is a vaccine and that promise from God is the shed blood of Jesus Christ it's the power of the most high and living Lord alive in our hearts and in our lives it doesn't matter what we face it doesn't matter what we go through what affliction threatens our very life we know that we have power in the blood of Jesus Christ we've got victory in the Lord and his Holy Spirit at work in us Romans 8 and 35 says it best who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, peril, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. But nay, 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 in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Paul went on to write, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, it goes on, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. Right where you are, give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nothing can separate us from His love. Nothing can deter us. It doesn't matter what we face. You may not be able to see what He's doing right now. You may be locked in your house, full of fear. You may feel like you can't go out. You may feel like this is bigger than anything else you've ever faced. Let me tell you, it's not bigger than our God. It's not bigger than his mighty power. And you and I do not have to fear. I love the song. It says, when you can't see what he's doing, he's still working. When you can't see him, Trust and know that he's working, Romans 8 and 28, for we know that all things work together for the good to them who are the called according to his purpose. The scripture tells us you won't just come out good. You come out as gold. You're going to come out better. You're going to come out stronger, purer. They're gonna come out pure when I when I when this all began to fall into place and we began to fight these things over the last several weeks. There, there was this sense as pastors I know all over the community it, it was something that we 've never done this before we 've never passed through a pandemic before we 've never been to this spot they, they don 't have a manual on this one they don 't have a song for this one yet they don 't have a hymn that we can go to for this all we had to do only thing we could do we couldn 't go to a resource commentary i couldn 't go back and read from the old writings. there was nothing to compare to what we were going through now so I I did what the church did then. Back in the day when James was dead and Peter was arrested, they did the only thing they knew to do. I got down on my knees and called out to the God of the heavens. And I said, Lord, what say you? What do you say about what's going on here in this world today? And as I began to trust in him, he took me to the scripture. In Job chapter 23, verse 8 and 10, it says this, Behold... I go forward, but he's not there. And backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand, where doth he work? But I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand, that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as pure gold. I may not know where he's at in what's going on. I may not see him working, but I am trusting in his work in my life and yours. I'm trusting him that he's got you, that he's got you in the palm of his hand. You're the apple of his eye. You belong to the Lord, and he is ministering to you right where you are right now. If I I feel, if I've ever felt him, I feel him in this moment as he's moving. Somebody says, is the church closed? No way, sister. The church is never closed. Right now, the power of the Holy Ghost is working in that house where you're sitting, right there in the chair where you are. The power and presence of God is healing you, delivering you from panic and fear and touching your life, making a way of provision through a very dark and questionable time. The church went to prayer, went to prayer. Back to our text. So when he arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter was therefore kept in prison, locked down, quarantine. But constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. Suddenly, now you see a shifting. You see a shaking. You see something's taking place. The message is clear. We are in a battle. We're in a spiritual battle. This this thing about trusting and following Christ, it's bigger than we thought. It's more than church. It's more than singing a good song on a Sunday night. It's, It's more than just us gathering together and patting each other on the back with a few good hallelujahs. It's bigger than the key of C and a choir all decked out. It's bigger than those things. We're in the battle for our lives. We're in the battle for our sons and our daughters. And our families, we're in a battle for every lost soul walking the earth this morning. Hey, don't you let anything detour you or keep you, make you go sideways when it comes to the focus. He said, "I press toward the mark, the high prize of Jesus Christ in our lives." That is what we need to stay focused on this morning. The church wakes up. Peter, the apostle number two, has been arrested. Church gets active, and they begin to pray. They gathered together at Mary's house. Rhoda was one of the young ladies there, standing watch, and she—they're praying. The church is praying, and they're getting a hold of God, and, and they're, they're understanding that something's got to be done. So I'm sure that they were fervent. I'm sure they were faithful. I'm sure that they were—they maybe they were having themselves a, a, a mighty prayer meeting. And here we've got King Herod over at the palace, and he's scared to death, obviously. I mean, why, for one little disciple, one little preacher, he's got four squads of soldiers, 16 men, two that are chained to Peter and two more that are standing at the, at the door of the, the, the prison there. What in the world? And they're rotating so that he's never by himself. There's constantly four guards at every hour watching over him. What was he afraid of? What in the world was he afraid of? Let me tell you something. The enemy wonders, will the church wake up today? Will the church just cower down and hide behind a rock somewhere? pull the blinds on their house and and not do anything right now. Oh, just stay in the house and be safe and secure. And listen, be wise, be careful. Don't do anything that puts your family in risk, of course. The Bible teaches us to be wise while we're still being faithful. But at the same time, where are the prayers? It was the prayers of the church that set Peter free. There was something, there is something that you can do behind closed doors. There's something you can do in lockdown. There's something you can do when you're quarantined. And that's get a hold of the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Call on him and watch. Watch the shifting and the breaking begin to move mightily as the church began to pray. As the church began to do what they knew to do when they couldn't do anything else. I didn't know what to do the other evening. We've got folks in the hospital, and the hospitals said we can't go visit him. I didn't know what to do, but, but I thought I gotta do something. I, I, I thought we we've got one down here at UC, he's in serious condition. We, Got to pray for James, and then we've got some others up here at Atrium, and, and I didn't know what to do with that. Lord, well, I'll pray for him. I'll pray for him, but I felt like I got to do something else. So I did. I remembered just a few weeks ago, Randy, that I was I was in Jerusalem, and we spent an afternoon where we walked up, Kathy, to the Wailing Wall, and we got up there and we stood at the wall, and I, put all my little prayer requests on a piece of paper and put it in the wall and I stood there and put my hands on that wall and I began to pray and I saw that picture and on the other side of that wailing wall in Jerusalem I saw those folks laying in their hospital beds so I got in my car and I drove down to UC (laughs) I got out of the car and I went over to the wall put my hands, anointing oil, put my hands on the side of that wall. And I said, God, I can't go in. I can't walk down the hall and get to the room, but I know the spirit of the Lord can move mightily right now. And I prayed over that wall and I prayed over the patients that were And I got bold. I said, I pray for all of them, Lord. Every bed, every room, every floor. I pray over all of them, God. And then I got in my car, got back on 75, got up here to Atrium. And I said, well, I might as well keep it up. So I walked over, drove over to Atrium, got out, walked around the side, put my hands on the wall of that hospital. Hey, they may silence you. They may quarantine you. They may shut you out, but they can't stop the work of the kingdom of God if you and I will be determined that nothing will stop the work that we are called to do. Silence us and we'll go online. Shut us down. We'll write letters and send cards and texts and calls. And I'm encouraging you, don't let this shut you down. Don't let this quieten you down. I'm telling you, get out there and let the work of God use you, the kingdom of God in you. Let it be used to do mighty works for him everywhere that you are. I think we'll have to start a wailing wall ministry here at the church. Anybody volunteer? King Herod tried to shut him down but it wasn't going to work. I'm going to get ready to, to land this thing this morning. You've got a lot going on. I'm so thankful that you joined us. Just stick with me for a few few minutes. Gary, if you'll help me, it'll make it easier. When I hear music, I tend to start, I see if there was about a thousand of you in the sanctuary, you would have laughed just then. Hearing nothing made me feel like that one just failed. Peter, in the jail, when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, says a bright light shines in the jail. An angel appeared and said, Peter, wake up! clothes on. Get your shoes on. Peter thought he was dreaming. He thought he was having a vision. He didn't know what was going on. He hadn't even come to himself yet. He wasn't even wide awake. Suddenly the chains fell off. The door burst open. I'm assuming the guards were just knocked out. He walked out. God passed the first guards, the second post. Got all the way to the gate, led into the city. The Bible says the gates opened on their own. Let me tell you, he is still a supernatural God. Supernatural God. And then it was about that time, once he got escorted to the gate, says, the angel departed. Peter stood there and says, then he says, Now I know that God has delivered me. And what did he, where did he go? He went straight to the church. He went straight to the church. But he didn't go to the synagogue, he didn't go to the temple. He went to Mary's house. He's knocking on the gate at the house. Rhoda, the young girl, comes running out. He's, Mary! Rhoda! It's me! It's Peter! She so starts getting all excited, screaming. Runs back, leaves him out there. Runs back, tells the church, they're praying, Oh, God, set Peter free. Lord, touch him, we pray. Oh, God, set him free. Guys, guys. Guys. Peter's outside. Oh, hold on, Rhoda. We're, we're praying now. I'm in the anointing now. Don't, don't mess with me. Oh, God, I'm praying for Peter to be delivered. I'm telling you, Peter, he's outside right now. Girl, you have gone mad. We've got some work to do here in the spirit. we got a conference to get started on. we got to get this done. Now, now leave us alone and go play. I'm telling you, it's Peter. He's outside right now. It must be his ghost. It must be an angel. It can't be him. Sometimes the church needs to be reminded that little is much when God is in it. That this is the real thing. That you can rebuke the enemy in something different change you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover you can declare the promises of god over your life and see the shifting and the breaking begin to move i ain't worried about an outbreak i'm calling for a breakthrough i'm not worried about the outbreak right now i'm cautious and careful and praying of course i'm wise but I'm not worried about it. I'm not afraid of the outbreak. I'm praying for a breakthrough. Yes. Because through this situation, if I know God like I know God, God is going to do something amazing. I believe he's preparing the church for his soon return. Someone says, oh, the church is losing the baptism. No, 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 no. The church is triumphant. The church will never be powerless. It'll never be shut down. It'll never be closed for business. Why, the very gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We're triumphant through him. And if I know him like I know him, he's up to something like Joseph standing behind that screen when he looked at his brothers sitting there after they'd thrown him in the pit, took home the jacket covered in blood. A couple of brothers felt bad, went back and sold him into slavery, ended up in jail, in prison, finally into the palace there in Egypt, leading the country as his brothers were there begging for food. He wept and he cried behind that screen. As the thoughts begin to roll through his mind, what you meant for evil against me, the Lord God means for good to save many people alive. Let me tell you something. If the church will get together wherever they are and they will begin to pray, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. Then I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Then he goes on to say, and the place that I've chosen, I will be glorified in their midst. This powerful, awesome, mighty God is still on the throne in the 2020 coronavirus pandemic. He's still God on the throne and he's preparing his people for the marriage supper of the Lamb. Why, I can almost hear the trumpet sound this morning. I can almost sense the rustling in heaven as the angels of the Lord are gathering around the balcony looking down to see what's going on. I believe they know more because they just got a sense that something's happening in the spiritual realm. You and I need to wake up shake off the the fetters and the chains and look through the open door before us. God is going to give opportunity to the church to shine like it's never shown before. He's going to give anointing and power like he's never given before. He's going to anoint us to do a mighty work for the kingdom in the last few minutes. This, I believe, is the beginning of the ushering of the last day outpouring. And you and I have got to know that We are in the final hours, if not minutes before the Lord returns for His people. Job started it. In the last days saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That same prophecy is at work in the world right now. God is doing what he said he would do he's preparing us this is not a time to cower down in fear this is not a time to hide this is not a time to get critical come on it's not a time for you to get all super spiritual think you're smarter than everybody else it's a time to humble yourself get on your face everything, I don't know everything, never been here before, God is still in control. So he's who I run to. He's who I cling to. And he's the answer for you this morning. If you would, right where you are, right in your house, right where you're sitting, wherever you might be, somewhere in the diner maybe, down in Oklahoma others are in in different groups some we're gonna join together with friends and watch today wherever you are if you're in Tokyo, Japan Fred I want everyone to bow your head for a moment just close your eyes hey son hey daughter hey husband hey wife hey grandma grandpa brother sister friend this is the time this is the day of salvation for you. You need to accept Christ in your life. You shouldn't go another day. This this danger out here, this threat, it's a real deal. But the protection comes in making Jesus Christ Lord of your life. I don't worry not because I'm not afraid of the world or the the evil that's out there. I'm not afraid because Jesus is my Lord. He's my savior. He's my refuge. He's the one I trust. You can trust him too. Jesus died on the cross for you. That's relevant right now. Gave his life for you. Went to the cross. Crucified. Died. Gave up the ghost. Did it for you and for me. Then the Bible says, went into the grave hell went down to those caverns and took back the keys he owns it he's in control and the Bible says in three days he rose from the dead and I've been to Jerusalem I saw an empty tomb he walked out of the tomb he walked out He's risen graves bursting up all over the place because of the power that he had for resurrection That same power is at work in those who accept Him into their lives. You can have the power of God working in your life. It'll change your thinking. It'll change the way you walk. It'll change the way you talk. It'll change your whole life. It'll take a, a life headed for disaster and destruction. It'll turn you around. It'll cause you to know victory and blessing such as you've never known before. To the Christian, we wake up. We wake up to what's going on around us. We we don't just go through the routine and the emotions and the the normal kind of going through the motions of living out of a Christian experience. It's time to wake up and let God use us in mighty ways. Accept Jesus in your heart. Accept Him in your heart right here, right now. I'm going to pray a prayer with you. It's going to be two prayers. One's for those that need to accept Christ. And the second one is for all of us that are sitting there in our homes. We're we're, we're needing, we have to be, have to be locked up for right now. We're in lockdown, but Jesus is still Lord. I believe doors door's gonna be open supernaturally. You say, well, how long is all this gonna last? Well, I'm not an expert, but what I feel down in my spirit, my soul, that so just as quickly as this came this is just that quickly it's going to exit and I believe the door is going to supernaturally open for us we're going to walk out and I believe the church is going to be stronger going to be more on fire purer than gold we're going to be so ready the last day harvest is going to come in like a flood, it's going to be beautiful I'm believing for miracles signs and wonders So I'm going to pray for the church Here's the first prayer. It's just words. It doesn't come from your heart. If you believe it in your heart. He said if a man or woman believes in their heart that he is the son of God. That he died on the cross. That he rose from the dead. If you believe he is who he said he is. And you're ready to confess him with your mouth. Confess him with your life. And the Bible says you're saved. You're born again. As good as anybody you've ever seen before. Probably better some that maybe have been in the way for too long and need to have a personal revival but you'll be born again so we're going to pray that prayer right now would you pray it with me dear Lord Jesus come into my heart forgive me of my sins accept you as my savior be Lord of my life I know that you are the son of God you died on the cross you rose from the dead you walked out of the tomb I'm ready to confess you with my life, with my mouth. Be Lord of my life until you come for me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Can we thank God for touching people? I believe, I believe you've prayed that prayer with me. And if you have, let us know. We have online pastors right now that are right there. And just tell them, hey, I accepted Jesus. We wanna pray for you and with you. Church, and now I want you... If you're there in your home i know we're being careful if it's your children or your wife your husband would you just reach over and make some kind of contact with them right where you are let's pray for the church let's pray for the church oh god i pray in the name of jesus we are now the underground church of the 2020 coronavirus pandemic lord We're the underground church, but we are the church on fire. We're a church that's busy doing the work of the kingdom. And we'll find every way that we can. Empower us, Lord, through open doors and opportunities. Let us find every way that we can. If it's online, if it's through video, if it's through texting and phone calls and through cards and letters that we write. Lord, if it's however we can, let us help. Let let us find ways to minister the kingdom, doing more now than we've ever done before. God, many people that just sat on a pew for years doing nothing but just listening, coming week after week after week. Now, Lord, they're empowered. Now, God, they're awake. Now they understand. They don't take for granted the church of the living God. Anoint them right now to call their friends, call their children, call their grandbabies, Lord, and begin to witness the love of Christ to their hearts. Oh, Lord, empower your people. Empower them for your service. Touch them like never before. Give us a mighty awakening. Give us a mighty outpouring of your Holy Spirit, and I thank you for it, God. I praise you for it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We pray, we thank you, we honor you, and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. Thank you so much for watching today. We honor you, we are praying for you, and we'll be in touch with you. Stay tuned, Facebook, web, website, the website, and know that we are going to be in communication with you. We want to meet any needs that you have. Let us know so that we can help you. God bless you. We'll see you this
1: week online.